Hey everyone, welcome to the Golfer's Journal podcast brought to you by Titleist, the number one ball in golf. I'm Tom Coyne, a senior writer at the Golfer's Journal, and a lot of us are out there in the backyard right now working on our wedge game. So remember that Bob Vokey and his team at Titleist are always grinding to produce an amazing product, but with the new SM8 wedges, they've really made a giant shift forward. I've been playing around with them in the backyard uh, and can't wait to get them out on the course where my wedge game is going to be really dialed in. So today's podcast, it's one that means a lot to me. They all obviously do. But today we're going to hear from a dear friend of mine and talk about one of golf's truly special places that's going through some really challenging hardships during the pandemic. That isn't to say that other courses aren't as well. And the story of Carn in Western Ireland is the story of so many clubs around the world. I hope you'll remember Karn from our article in the Golfer's Journal, or maybe you saw it on No Laying Up's Irish season of Tourist Sauce when I was able to tag along and talk about my favorite golf course in the world. I've played a few, and Karn still remains for me the golf experience against which all others are measured. As I wrote in my book, a course called Ireland, it's sort of awkward to quote myself, but I was just thinking... Let me look back on that first reflection on Karn, and I wrote, Karn was brilliant, simply brilliant, front, back, first hole, and last. Every mound, every swale, every inch of the place was special. Now, I still feel that way today more than ever. So when we heard that the courses in Ireland were shutting down, we thought we'd check in with them to see how they're doing at Karn. Uh, they're a community course in a very remote and rural part of the country. So the shutdown was going to hit them harder than most, I imagined. And I was right. With bookings wiped out, Karn is up against it. A course that's reliant on visitor green fees and unable to get any. But rather than hear what's going on at vulnerable courses like Karn from us, we thought it better to listen to the people there. So we reached out to my friend Jerry McGuire, the chairman of Karn Links, and asked him to write for us a diary of what the days were like now at a golf course with no golf, so that we could all get a behind-the-scenes personal look at what life is like for those who don't just depend on golf for their enjoyment, but depend on it for their livelihoods. Now, Jerry's diary is available for reading on our website, but you can obviously listen to him read it next. And please stick around until the end so that you can hear how we can help give this working diary from Karn a happy ending. And now, from the far western edge of Ireland, on the Mullet Peninsula, let's walk through a week at a great Irish Lynx as they face days like they've never seen before. Hi everybody, uh, I'm Jerry Maguire, chairman of the not-for-profit company that owns Cairn Golf Links here in Belmullet, County Mayo. I have been chairman for the past eight years, and have seen the company through extremely hard times, including a severe recession. But we restructured the whole place to make sure the recovery from those challenging times. My role has changed, including traveling to trade zones to promote Cairn and hosting farm trips, the most notable of which has been the No Laying Up Tour and the Tom Coyne visit in May 2019, which brought us such brilliant coverage and for which we are forever grateful. I have put a huge amount of time and energy into Cairn on a voluntary basis and have been lucky enough to put together a team of hugely committed locals, captained by our general manager Fiona, with huge loyalty to Cairn Golf Links. 
Bookings were up 25% early in 2020 as compared to previous years. So I started the year so excited for this year ahead, which we all felt was going to bring exciting times for Karen after many tough years. The speed and development of the COVID-19 crisis descended on us on St. Patrick's week, the week where traditionally the county, the country celebrates its national pride and looks forward to coming into the spring and summer after a long, hard winter of Atlantic storms, the start of the golf season. The captain's drive had taken place the previous Sunday. Everybody was in good form and everything was shaping up for the exciting year ahead. However, that all came down with a bang and I'm going to give you a flavour of just my feelings over the week that followed. So on Sunday morning, I've grown, I, the previous night, I've grown concerns over this virus, nervous of the possible effects it may have if it snowballed into a pandemic, as I know how, how exposed we are to anything that might affect our visitor income. I've also been trying to adapt to our new normal life, if I could call it that, under some restrictions. My hands are red from all the sanitising in the clubhouse and the golf shop, and we have rearranged all the seating in the clubhouse to make sure we're promoting social distancing. Yellow COVID-19 posters are everywhere and sanitation points dominate our quiet clubhouse. I called the general manager this morning, Sunday, and asked her to meet with me in the clubhouse. I'm heavy-hearted walking up the stairs, hoping that myself and the general manager are on the same page for what is needed as there will have to be tough decisions made. I order my coffee and one for the general manager. And as soon as she walks in the door and I see the expression on her face, worry and concern, I know that she reflects my own thoughts. I asked her to run through her plans for action to make sure we could come through what might lie ahead for us. And she talked, and as she talked, I realized we were aligned on the same point. Sitting there on what ironically was one of our busiest days since the winter, I could sense the nervousness in the team, their worried glances, as they surely knew themselves from all the media coverage that we were facing into unprecedented times. Being as it was busy, we decided to wait until later that evening when the clubhouse had quietened to call the team into the kitchen. We did that and explained to them that we would have to close the clubhouse and temporarily lay them all off, which was met with silence at first. But then their team spirit kicked in. They were so accepting through their worry and concerns. How long would it last? When would we be able to come back? Would they be able to come back at all? Would we be able to reopen? Would we survive? The general manager Fiona was reassuring and told them that if we took the hard decisions now, it would mean that they would all have a job to come back to. We came out and we sat down again, drained, feeling so bad for this team who have supported everything we have done in the past few years. Given the place they're all, always there to give the extra mile and those efforts were starting to pay off and then bang this happens i feel sickened to my stomach but then the staff finish up and come to get us for a final farewell drink in the members bar 
and surprisingly, despite losing their jobs and income and facing into an uncertain future, they are also positive. Just wanting to get the shutdown over with and to come back to work. I go home, drained, empty, worried. Feeling as if I've let everybody down for some reason. <laughs> On Monday, I get up early as I didn't sleep last night, tossing and turning with worry and feeling so bad for all the team at Cairn. It's not often you get a team together like that, and I should know. Having spent my working life in Dublin bus, ending up as HR director, dealing with over 4,000 drivers and numerous trade unions. I know what we have at Cairn is unique and special, like the place itself. I drive out to Cairn, stomach churning, knowing we have the same conversation with the golf staff and admin this morning. Fiona spends the morning talking to the staff, giving them the information on the supports available. Calls the greenkeepers in and they're given the only good news so far that their jobs are safe as they are essential to keep the course in condition when we reopen. They are glad to be retained, but you can see it, it is bittersweet given what is happening to the rest of their team and their friends. Today is a day from hell. Cancellations are coming in so fast that no one could have expected to keep up with rescheduling and refund requests by email and telephone. And only myself and Fiona left in the place. Fiona contacting the bank to try to access a moratorium on the commercial loan left on Cairn, trying to make some sort of projections as to what the overall effects would be financially. Some sort of plan for what no one could have expected to plan for, the unknown. She finally voices her thoughts that all our bookings for March, April, May and June will be completely decimated and that she thinks we will only have some domestic bookings from July onwards as the international bookings probably won't be recoverable this year. What does that mean for us? Batten down the hatches, nothing but essential spending, hugely reduced hours for herself and the accounts administrator, reduced to one day a week. And even then, we're not like other clubs. We don't have a big membership to see us through or a membership base to step in to provide some help. Fiona spends the rest of her day ensuring the extra measures needed on the course are in place. Bunkers out of play, no rakes, raised cups, tea times extended to 15 minute intervals, shower rooms and changing facilities closed. A barrier in front of the counter in the pro shop to ensure social distancing and more disinfecting than I've ever thought possible. Every time someone enters the shops, all handles and touch points are cleaned and sanitized before the next person comes in. We close the shop at the usual time and finish the day on a conference call with our partners in the North and West Coast links. The despondency of all on the call is apparent. They're all in the same position, cancellations flying in, and we discuss ways we can help each other. We agree to share our experience and if nothing else, just be there for each other on the end of the phone for a call to someone else who understands. 
Tuesday is St. Patrick's Day and a great bank holiday normally for us here in Ireland and indeed abroad. But not for me or Fiona, who has decided to come in anyway to deal with everything. A day of phone calls and cancellations. I'm so gutted to see our bookings just disappear. All our hard work. Fiona drafts an email template to try and deal with the thousands of emails more speedily. And when she applies it to the emails, she realises that it's not us. It's not Karen having generalised response like that. So she starts, as she always does, actually reading the stories and the emails and responding accordingly. Personal as ever, despite the huge workload. And it works for our customers who are used to this approach. And despite the mounting emails, we both feel better. It feels more us. The card way. We're not, after all, a big corporation. We're an automated email is effective or efficient and productive. We're a small personal team and that's the way it will be, stay. No matter the, the damn virus, the human stories in the emails make her cry at times. The worry and fear from our customers in the States and elsewhere is so apparent in their emails and calls. We have a glimmer of hope on the domestic market. A lot of phone calls from groups that have booked coffee breaks in Spain and Portugal and are looking to rebook at Cairn. So we redo the projections and estimate that if we get enough domestic bookings to pay the greenkeeper's wages each week, we'll be okay. All the time feeling terrible for our industry colleagues in those countries, wondering what they'll be facing personally as well as business-wise. A 12-hour day today Went home exhausted, but also overwhelmed. Because in the midst of all the cancellations, we've received emails of support, people wondering how they can help, apologising for cancelling and wanting to show support to us. And it makes my heart sore to know that there are so many good people in the world. Despite this ever-growing crisis and the absolute fear it has instilled in so many. I don't think that those people will ever understand how much their support means to us at this time. On Wednesday, we get the word that restrictions are being tightened up. The Golfing Union of Ireland issues a statement advising all golf clubs to close, so we close. A day of contacting those who had rebooked their golf with us and explaining that we could now, couldn't now host them. And back to the projections again, reworking them to see how we would survive another body blow. But knowing that people's health is the most important thing and knowing that this is the right thing to do. The afternoon brings a delivery of our branded merchandise for the golf shop for the year ahead. Thousands of euro worth of new golf season wear from Ping, Oscar Jacobson and Glenn Bray the best of quality and generally a day of excitement in the shop for all the staff and for ourselves. But this year is so different. This stock is ordered in September each year for delivery at the end of March. And we love unpacking it and checking it in. Normally such excitement, but this year just worry. How are we going to pay for it with no visitors? All branded with our logo because our shop caters for visitors mainly and they only want branded merchandise. 
Fiona is sick with worry. And she opens the last box and stores it in the back store. So she doesn't have to deal with it today. It's for another day. One where we might feel stronger. She goes back to the cancellation emails, to the phone and pass more queries onto her because my IT skills are not what they should be. We finish up at 7.30 p.m. and I know as I head home that we are blessed to have a team at Cairn that treats the place as if it's their own business. Where else would you get that? I'm weir weirdly feeling proud in so many ways this evening, reflective of all that's gone on. But proud overall. We've built a great team at, per at Cairn and the virus won't stop us for long. On Thursday, closing up the course properly, our head greenkeeper Fergus bringing in the flags in. And I can see how he absolutely hates doing that. His pride in the course is unmatched, as far as I can see. Closure notice is going up, the GM contacting Sarah at home to see if she could pull together her usual on-point social media posts. Despite being laid off, she immediately puts together a perfectly calm post. We know it's the right thing to do and we're adamant to do it, but it still hurts. I feel a sense of despair for this, for everybody at this time. And as I watch the results of three really hard years of work seem to slip away. I see the Fiona competing paperwork for the bank revenue, trying to access much needed supports and contacting suppliers about the merchandise. Ping and the other suppliers, including the Agio, are nothing but brilliant. Immediately extending credit terms and agreeing other measures. Fiona looks at me and says, won't we be always remembered the way these firms made us feel at this time? So supportive and helpful. Their future business is with us. Is it done deal already? She also says to me, this isn't what you signed up for, is it? Referring to the fact that I work on a voluntary basis as chairman. I say it's not really, but what you, it's not what you signed up for either, referring to the fact that she's basically working without any pay because she's already way over her paid hours of work this week. She grins at me and says, should I only be bored at home? Two teenagers rowing in the house. This is a great break, but then tells me I need to take more time off, de-stress, get out in the fresh air. And she's right, of course, but I'm not really listening. When I took on the position as chairman, I was determined to get the place right, make sure it was in a stable condition for the long term. And we're getting there with the help of so many, and I'm determined to see it through. So by the time I get home tonight, I feel hope again. We've worked out a plan that I think will, be, will work. I'm starting to feel a growing confidence that we can come out on the other side of this. We owe to the team here who have given so much and who rely on the place for income to raise their families. And all that goes with that, and to the local community who rely on the place to help the economy. And I also know 
that it's a special place. A place like I've never known before. I'm from Dublin originally and came to Bill Muller's on holiday. Fell in love with the place and it's now where I spend most of my time. Like I said, a special place to tempt a dub out of Dublin. It has to be. On Friday morning I meet Fiona and she's in a state of excitement. Not that that's anything new, but this time it's down to an email from Tron from the No Laying Up Tour, checking in with us and saying they're looking for ways to help us. Reading the email, I feel so humbled. These guys came to visit us last May and have already given us such a boost with the coverage of their tourist sauce episodes. We were honoured to host them back then. They are truly decent guys. And together with Tom Kaina, reach out to us like this is overwhelming. I honestly don't think they'll ever realise just how much it means to us here. Another delivery arrives, this time Logo Golf Balls, normally a great seller in the shop. But again, mixed emotions, they'll just sit in the boxes for a year. Then the local hardware store guy arrives. We had ordered new carpet for the clubhouse at the back end of last year as the other carpet was over 20 years old and finished. And they were finishing off the fitting of the stairs and hall areas in the clubhouse. What should have been another exciting day ahead of a busy Mother's Day on Sunday next. But the place is deserted and the closure notices are everywhere and the doors are locked. I get back to my phone duty, leaving Fiona to the never-ending emails. It's so busy, time flies, and I realise I haven't seen her for her usual coffees, of which she has about 10 a day. So I go looking and walk into the clubhouse to see her sitting on the newly fitted carpet on the stairs. Just a snapshot of her sticks in my mind, alone and visibly upset. And she talks to me about what a great team we have, So hard to find out anywhere. What a great place it is, how she loves the place. So we have to be positive and ask me to leave her to her downtime and she'll be okay again in five minutes. So I do, but I get that feeling again, like I've let everyone down. True to her words, she's back in the office again in five minutes, full of business. I'm putting the best side out. She talks about how it's time now to look at planning our recovery, how we will pull out of this and keep the momentum of Karen building, just like it had been before. She says we've done it before and we can do it again. And I know she's right, but at the moment it just feels so hard to have to face into it all again. I take a 20 minute break and decide to send off some more messages to our friends in the States. Seeing the recent coverage from New York broke my heart a bit. Given that we were there in January prior to the PGA in Florida, meeting friends of Karen, so positive on planning the year ahead. Planning to meet those old friends on the hallowed grounds of Karen. Who could have known then what we had ahead of us? I get immediate responses from all of them, 
all supportive as ever, despite what they're facing into themselves. And I get the absolute gut feeling that yes, we are all in this together and we'll all get through this together. We have to, there is no other way. So I head home, heading into another weekend of the unknown, but it won't be my usual weekend as I'll be in the office, planning for brighter days ahead, working things out with Fiona and planning for a future and hoping that everyone comes out the other side. I look forward to seeing you all at Cairn in the very near, near future. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsors, Titleist, Link Soul, Scotty Cameron, Oakley, New York, Private Bank and Trust, and Links and Kings. Now, I know what Jerry just shared with us wasn't easy for him to write or to read, but I'm hoping we can give Karn's coronavirus story some hope and a happy ending. We're encouraging everyone to follow the links from our website or just find them yourselves by Googling Karn and going to Karn's online shop and consider buying a foursome or some merch or a gift card or maybe even a life membership. I've got one myself and I'm proud to call myself a member of a course that in my mind has no equal. So I hope you'll consider joining me as a lifetime member at its reduced, temporarily reduced pricing, and in the process, do a great deal to help Karn keep its doors open. Every penny, every euro counts. Thanks again, everyone. Be safe and be well, and we'll catch you next time on the Golfer's Journal podcast. 